0: Hello and welcome to bizarre conspiracies. My name is Eric Patino, and uh, this guy is going to introduce himself, like he has been doing for the past couple of times. <laughs> But uh, yeah, today's going to be a fun episode. We're going to have a debate about what the 22nd century is going to be like in our opinions. What what do we think about the future? Now, there's been a lot of people who's given their own twist on the future. There's obviously a huge market for this because there's tons of sci-fi movies that deal with the very distant future, sometimes even the very, very close future. And some of that has come true. A lot of it hasn't come true. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the year 2021, and we are in the still the 21st century. Now, the 22nd century is going to start. When is it going to start? The 22nd? Yeah, I, I remembered it, and then I forgot it because my memory is poop. 22nd century.
1: Uh, that's uh, 79 years from now.
0: I wanted to know the exact year of when it's going to start. Okay, here we go. That's right. So the 22nd century is going to start January 1st, 21. Uh, yeah, obviously.
1: <laughs> that was the date you were looking for?
0: Yeah, I was looking for the exact date when it was going to start. Uh, wow. me and math aren't friends, and, uh, my, like I've mentioned before, my memory is poop. So,
1: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit of a, a help there with this. Every century starts at, uh, the beginning of a hundred years. That's why it's called a century.
0: Okay. I won't remember that, so... <laughs> That's that's my problem. <laughs> but yes, what is the world going to be like in 2101? And it, I've had some time to think about this a lot. And I've come to the realization that hardly anything is going to change. <laughs> I actually kind of agree with that slightly, but I, I do think... There's going to be some improvements, no doubt, in technology, in the way we do life, the way we interact I... with people, like things have changed so much in just the last two years since the pandemic hit. We're more sociable online now than ever, right?
1: I think think that, yeah, that's probably going to be a trend that will continue. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think that that's what I would say is everything that we have now is just going to be more extreme in the future. So, you know, the trends that we see developing are going to continue and be um, overwhelming, push things that we see minimizing completely out. for instance, you know, uh, people are uh, like big business. I'm not sure. really a big fan of like Google um, specifically. Mm-hmm. And there's a few others. I think uh, Amazon is in the, the news recently. A lot of people are hating on Amazon and for good reason. Um,
0: but is it because they, I, how they treat their workers in the in their warehouse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The unfair yeah. conditions of a worker?
1: Yeah. But I, I do think that what people see it's the problem, you know, business is being huge and powerful and, things consolidating sure. and uh, businesses being not responsive to the users and that sort of thing. I think that is going to go even more that direction in the future. In the future, you're going to see Google is going to be the only search engine, you know? <laughs> because, uh, and there's it's going to be, uh, on the internet, things are going to be more limited to, like, the mainstream platforms, and those platforms are going to become more and more controlling. <laughs> sure.
0: It's just going to be Amazon's Google to be and platform. YouTube more of the online sales you know and will will we even have actual stores in the future are we still going to be able to walk into a store Mm -hmm. and buy something yes i don't think so
1: we're not going to be able to buy everything at a store you're not going to be able to go to a big box store and you know get everything that you normally buy at a grocery store What you'll have is a little bit of specialty shops i think where you can go in and just buy um
0: are you talking oh, about uh, like a slight, slightly upgraded convenience store where they sell maybe like pairs of socks no. and stuff like that?
1: I mean, like you'll walk into a a tailor's shop that's uh-huh. owned by a tailor, and all you can find is extremely expensive niche products that are hand done, and you have to have and you want a specific thing done. It, like you bring in a. I don't know, a suit and you want a sure. suit size changed and the, mm-hmm. like, the fellow is going to do an extreme amount of work or something like that. I think you'll still have places where you can get extremely customized and niche things at the store, but it's not like you're going to be able to walk into a store, buy a suit, buy some t-shirts, <laughs> buy some shoes. You know, like you're going to go into a store and all they're going to have is one. They're going to have either top fancy um, suits or they're going to have, um, you know, it's going to be a, a special shoe store. And it's going to be a tiny. Thing. It's not going to be a big store. There's going to have like one or two employees. Mm-hmm. That that's how I see things in the future. I see extremely small. You're not going to have like a Walmart anymore, where you can walk in and buy tons of stuff. I mean, there might be a food market still, because that's the sort of thing that people, you know, food is uh, of high demand. <laughs> And sure. Generally, people don't like when, when they order food, don't like to wait significant amounts of time for that. I mean, people aren't thinking, you know what? I'm going to make a grocery list, write this down, and then it's going to be shipped to my house and it's going to arrive in three days. And then I'm going to... There's a lot of planning involved in that. And I don't see people getting better at planning. Mm, you know, I don't know if you grew up like this, but in in the household that I grew up with, we had a shopping list and we we'd put things on the shopping list and there was a shopping day and if it wasn't on the grocery list. By that time, you didn't get it that week. I don't know if it was. No, <laughs> it's very different. That, but that even that these days is going away.
0: W- would you, were you allowed to indulge in like sweets? Like you had one sweet that you can get for yourself. <laughs> if there was
1: going to be sweets to be had, it had to have been something that the whole family agreed upon, and then. It was divvied up and it was generally only around special occasions. It was like (coughs) so-and-so's birthday is coming up. And then, you know, they get to pick what sweets are at the birthday.
0: Anyway. I suppose suppose that's fair.
1: but but what I'm what I'm saying is in the future I think there still be, will be food stores, uh, but I really don't sure. see them being um a general store for these lots of different things. Yeah, I
0: think when it comes to food to... now go ahead. People because people are...
1: They, they want things when you're when you do like, oh, I need to go buy this because I'm making... If you, if you have somebody who's cooking, for instance, I mean, how many times have you been cooking and you're like, oh, I need to run to the store and grab certain item. If all the food stores are gone, you're not going to be able to do that. So I don't think that they're going to get rid of food stores. Yeah. There's a lot of... <laughs> um, when it comes to food, there's a lot of quick decision, um, in, not impulse, but the decision to buy this item has been made just... So that day and it needs to be there that day if if you have something that comes up so quickly and has to be um met in a quick amount of time there's no time for shipping so i don't think that shipping uh companies are going to replace that direct (laughs) <laughs> it took me a while To get that idea out there But that, that, that's the gist Of what I was thinking But everything else Where, you, where you're going to Buy something And you don't mind Waiting three days For shipping Sure Yeah that All of that I do mind
0: I, I really try Not to buy so much Things online Because I I really hate Waiting for things To come in the mail Because you know There's always a chance Of it being delayed Or lost Or whatever right So you have to wait Even longer And it's something That you've already Paid for uh, So I usually Will go to Every story I can think of that might have some that that one thing that I need, and uh, if I, if if by then searching endlessly in the city that I'm in, if I cannot find it, then I'll order it.
1: So, do you do price shopping before you go out and be like, hmm, which one has the better price? Is it Target or is it Walmart? Do you do that sort of thing online and then go to the store and purchase?
0: I do. Uh, I look at the prices to see if I can get a good deal, but if it's like the difference between a couple bucks, like three to five dollars, and I they have it at the store and I can get it, and it's a little bit more expensive then i'm fine paying the extra just to get it that day Uh, if it's a huge difference (laughs) like i don't know 10 bucks or something then i'll probably just order it online But going back to the food, I think that we're not going to have genuine meats anymore. I think we're going to have lab grown food in the future. We're going to have much more of that
1: possibility.
0: I mean, we've had, we've had uh, a couple of companies grow artificial meat and um, sell it. Right. They've, they've certainly tested it to a, a couple of people who's eaten like the world's first grown in a lab hamburger meat, And they made a burger out of it and they tested it out. And people were like, Oh, Tastes just like meat, but I think in the future, especially once your little uh twenty thirty adept thing happens, and if that actually happens, then we are gonna have to look into more of the, you know the artificial meat direction. Yeah, or maybe even I, I some more. going to be. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's going to be
1: uh, a, 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 I suppose a steady movement away from preservatives as well in the future. You think so? Yeah. So I think that um a lot of a lot of meat in that way will probably start to be i really don't i think if you start removing preservatives meat prices are going to go up because it's not going to be as easy to produce it you've got to do a lot more freezing right right much fresh meat which i've never really noticed a difference between meat frozen once and meat that's not been frozen at all
0: anyway yeah i can't say there i've ever tasted a difference but
1: uh, I think there's going to be um, a little bit of movement away from uh, ordinary meats. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, if lab grown meat can be done pretty easily and it doesn't require a lot of room, it'd be interesting to have like every town has its own meat growing lab. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sure. go buy the meat lab and pick up a dinner.
0: Wouldn't it be you interesting want- if people got their their little home lab set up, like a little kit that lets you grow like like little things, you know, like a little bit of a portion of hamburger meat or some chicken or something. Wouldn't that be
1: interesting? Yeah, well, I, I think that would be quite a bit further on out than uh, uh, seventy nine years.
0: You think so? Now. Have you ever yeah. seen Have you ever seen the movie Back to the Future? I have. So do you remember? The scene. I don't remember which movie it is because there's three movies. But there's a. I think it's the second one. one. Okay. Well, there's a scene. It could. You know, it could have been in the first one, but no. Wait no, I think it was. His, anyways, there was a scene where the main character was in the future, and he went to his home, and he was trying to not be seen by his family or by himself because it would create some kind of disturbance or whatever. Yeah, and so, but we get to see what the future kitchen was like, and they had this rehydrator machine where they took this little packet of a Pizza Hut pizza, and it was the size of a cookie, uh-huh. and they opened it, they took it out of its little package, they put it in the rehydrator machine and literally just a couple minutes later it comes back out and it's a full-size pizza. Cooked and all. Yeah. Well, there's a, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. There's a a
1: significant set of issues as a cook, I can definitely see with that. (laughs) I mean, if you have something that's, you know, perfectly regular food and then you dehydrate it entirely and then you put the water back in, it's not going to be the same way as before. I mean, you've had dehydrated food before. I think about what happens when you add water to rehydrated food. It's not the same, it it ruins it. it. It's generally changed into, Uh, if you have, uh, say, dehydrated vegetables Mm. and then you add water back into them, it turns into a limp, uh, (laughs) kind of like, I don't know, the difference between fresh spinach and boiled spinach, you know? It's a significant chemical change, though.
0: Well, I never tried to put water back into something that's dehydrated, but uh, I'm I'm a frequent eater of dehydrated banana chips. They're delicious.
1: Yes, they are.
0: Especially when you dip them in peanut butter. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh i have not tried that <laughs> how can you not have tried that yet
1: <laughs> because i don't eat banana chips very often
0: it's a it's definitely a treat but anyways i do Do you think we're going to have, like, robot servants? There's been tons of movies Uh, about the future where they have, like, these robot, artificial intelligent robots that that assist you in everyday life, like, put your shoes on or cook you dinner or whatever. Not in 75 years.
1: So, at least that's my opinion, anyway. And beyond, you know, I'm not a prophet, so (laughs) the idea of trying to predict extremely far into the future, I don't think is quite uh, reasonable to do. So, But in the near future, I don't see that. I see a lot of robots being owned by corporations um Mm. have you seen or heard of the uh political fight that's been going on uh it's called the right to
0: repair i don't think so what is it
1: um it's the idea that once you purchase something um you know you've seen a lot of Products they come with the the thing on it that says uh, uh, it voids the manufacturer's warranty to open this um, electronic thing up. So if you take the screws out and open up, say, a calculator, it voids the warranty, right? Oh yeah, sure. But I mean, how else are you going to repair a calculator? <laughs>
0: Well, they, the, the void warranty is so the manufacturer can repair it or replace it.
1: Right, right. Well, sometimes, you know, the manufacturer warranty will not cover certain defaults. Let's say the battery wears out. Sure. And you have a 10-year warranty on the overall uh, buttons and screen and wires, but the battery's not covered in the warranty. But the battery can be easily replaced, Sure. And so the, the right to repair laws generally demand things like uh, all phones must come with removable batteries. So like your Apple phones and whatnot, you can pop the back off just like old phones and stick a new battery in. Sure. That would be nice. But they deliberately do that. So you have to buy a new phone.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. So, I mean, when you think about it, Um. So
1: the way that I see this uh, playing into um, robots is I see all robots in the future being owned by these huge corporations, which um, like Google and whatnot. You'll have your, and, and they'll still be owned by the, the, by the corporations. I don't see the right to repair laws being successful. And I don't see, um, companies like Amazon and whatnot selling you robots and letting you keep them. They'll probably never sell a robot. They'll probably just rent them so that the robots are still their property. Interesting. And I think they're going to start doing that with more and more electronics and, uh, you know, the, data that you put on your own phone and your computer and whatnot it's not technically your data it's you know um it's, it's the corporation
0: sure it's um, it's the it, it, it's still the property right still go to whoever owns it right the, whatever company owns right. it that so that's a big I, I thing see. that's happening right now with physical media like when you buy a movie from the store whatever movie right or even an anime dvd you own uh-huh. the DVD, but you don't own the material, so you, you can't do anything with it other than watch it in your own privacy, right? Uh-huh. And and
1: so, the- what what I'm 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 thinking is in the future you're not going to own any robot, and there might be robots in your house, but they're probably going to be more damage to you detrimentally than they will be uh, positive. I mean, yeah, they might clean and cook and uh, repair your house, and I don't mow the grass and do all that other wonderful stuff, but in the end. <laughs> You're going to be selling your soul pretty much. You're going to be spied upon. They're going to be selling you more and more stuff. And it's probably going to cost you a lot more than if they sold you the the robot outright. So what they're going to do is instead of selling robots outright, or if they do sell them, it's going to be... Extravagant. The amount of money that's going to cost uh, to, to buy a robot is going to be nine to ten to maybe even a hundred times more than what it actually should be, and uh-huh. that's why they justify renting it to you. It's going to be like printers, but worse. You know, printers. They want. You, they don't want to sp- sell you a printer. They want you to rent a printer. You know. Sure and lock you into these contracts and people are going, it's going to be the biggest financial lockup of the century if they have robots.
0: Yeah, I can see that happening, definitely. Especially if Apple's like the biggest um, retailer for any kind of tech in the future, which I'm pretty sure they will be.
1: And I'm pretty sure that all these big conglomerates of uh, corporations are going to continue to get bigger and bigger and incorporate more and more things. I'm pretty sure that at some point the, the antitrust laws are just going to be completely worthless after a while mm. because <laughs> they won't be at all doing their purpose. Um, and here's the funny thing I believe, because you might think from this opinion of mine that, ah, uh, well, I believe the solution would be is big government to step in and <laughs> Put down more laws and regulations and solve the problem for you, right? Mm -hmm. You might come to that conclusion, and you would be wrong. Because (laughs) I believe that the way the the businesses are going to do that is the businesses are going to do that through socialism. Really? Yeah, and I believe that America is going to become a socialist, if not communist, country.
0: This would be a perfect time for Bernie Sanders to run for president.
1: Uh, See, here's the thing. If you look at socialism throughout history, and Bernie Sanders is a great example. Thanks for bringing him up. (laughs) (laughs) Bernie Sanders is pretty much powerless. He has done fairly nothing in the recent... Well, like when it comes to how he's influenced the Democrats in um, the recent years, like he did not get any socialist into Obama's, not Obama's, uh, Biden's, Mm -hmm. Biden's cabinet. He did not get uh, Biden to sign off on any uh, socialist, um, what do they call those, president executive orders. Sure. He he didn't get anything out of his race for 2020. He completely got raffle stomped. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he didn't, and even when he stepped down, he didn't even he didn't even sway anything his way. Like when it comes to like socialism in the twenty twenty election, it got beat. So mm-hmm. the only socialist that's ever going to get power is not going to be a Bernie Sanders kind of a socialist. If if you were to um, liken uh, that to the the Russian Revolution, the October Revolution, it's the Lenin and the Trotsky. Okay. Mm-hmm. If Bernie Sanders is the, uh, is the Trotsky, socialism is never going to go anywhere. It's the Lenins who get stuff done. And the Lenins are going to be a little bit more in the um, uncomfortable... Um, the the, the uh, They're going to be <laughs> a, a little more of what people think of when sure. you say um, authoritarian <laughs> socialist. And then the Lenins are going to give rise to the Stalins. And I don't know if you know this, but Lenins last wish when he died is that Stalin would not get power.
0: I didn't know that, no.
1: So it's going to be, and then Lenin was the guy who used to authority from uh, Trotsky. So the Trotskys are the guys who like get all the, the momentum behind the movement, and then the Lenins come over and they take over and they twist things in their direction, and then the Stalins come in and they just sweep up all the power. Mm -hmm. So that's why a lot of socialists you see will be like, well, you know, I don't believe in all that sort of stuff that people say that socialists are going to do bad. And the thing is, the socialists never get anywhere. The Bernie Sanders and the AOCs, they do nothing. If you look at like their track records, they're mm-hmm. some of the most pitiful Congress people you'll ever see. <laughs> so yeah, I guess Bernie Sanders does have some good things, in, but like he rarely any of his bills ever pass and become law. Mm-hmm. The only thing that he ever does is he gets amendments slipped into stuff that's other people's ideas. But his pure ideas never get through. And AOC does nothing. She doesn't do amendments. She doesn't do any sort of pressure. I, it's pitiful. Yeah. So it's the Trotskys that need that one. Uh, Trotskys, Lenins. Yeah. So we got Trotskys right now. When the Lenins show up, that's and, that, and they're going to you know, pull things a little bit that way. And then the Stalins are going to be the ones who combine the power from like the government and the corporations. Mm. And like, they get everything together. And, and that's how I – that's my prediction for the future. <laughs> not necessarily communism, but I, I do believe that it's going to become socialistic. Socialistic and all the promises that the Trotskys, the Bernie Sanders are making are not going to come true. And it's going to be more of the um, dystopian socialist thing that mm. always seems to happen with socialism – and I don't think any people who believe in socialism actually ever see, like, well, that'll never happen. You know, true communism's never actually been done. And you're like, oh, I wonder why that is. Because uh, the Trotsky's, mm-hmm. not the Trotsky's, why do I keep saying it? The Lenin's, the Lenin's. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. Trotsky's have no power and the Lenin's are too corrupt. Not corrupt, power hungry. Power
0: hungry and corrupt are two different things. Yeah, but they're kind of along the same lines. Well, that was, this was a good first half. We're going to take a break, though. So when we come back, we're going to finish I this discussion. I have
1: more theories about like the what's going to happen in the future when it comes to like the uh, the world powers and what nations are going to fall and which ones are going to rise and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yep.
0: Don't go anywhere. We'll I be have right more back. we're the
1: future of America, too.
0: And we're back from the break. So I think that at least in the remaining years that we have until the 22nd century starts... I think we might actually have. I think it might become the norm. We definitely have it now, but I think it might become the norm. Self-driving cars. I I don't I don't see people actually driving cars themselves anymore as yeah. much.
1: I actually see transportation being a thing that maybe is a thing of the past. Because like you were saying, we're becoming more and more online. Oh yeah. Uh, so, so if you never meet with your friends in person, <laughs> and you do your job from home, yeah. Um why
0: does I need to order all of your stuff online. Why do you need to ever drive anywhere? <laughs> Except for, you know, food. I think that would be the main reason people leave their houses is food. Yeah. That's basically why anybody leaves their homes now is food. But I mean, yeah, I look, on
1: online- get really philosophical. I mean, the only reason people leave their food ever anyway at all time in the past was food. Mm-hmm. If you really boil it down. I mean, what, sure. why do people go to work? Food. It's to eat
0: food. <laughs> <laughs> to eat food and enjoy the comforts of life that... Their job has provided for, you know, like a nice TV. You want to sit down, relax, watch a nice movie or something with your wife or your kids or your friends or your parents, whatever, whatever it is, right? But it, it's, 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 life has changed so much to where nowadays you can have a full online job, fully mm-hmm. successful career online in various different ways. You could be a streamer, you could be an influencer, you could have a legit job like. I don't know telemarketing you know they could patch you through your online number and then you can begin to make calls to various clients etc sell insurance whatever it is you can do it all online now without ever having to put on a pair of pants and it's (laughs) really nice (laughs) but if you think back from from the old days and for me when i grew up when When we would play video games, it was always like a group of friends and family, right? You had your brothers, your sisters, or your cousins and your friends all sitting around staring at the same TV that you are, passing around the controller, playing video games, right? That was the experience of video games back, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago. Now, today, how you experience a video game with other people is you... Put on a headset and you and you enable voice chat with online players from anywhere in the world. This is how this is how you play games now. So everything what has changed. I'm surprised has not caught
1: on is watching movies um, with friends. Like I, how how long is it going to be before you have I don't know internet theaters where you you're in you're watching a I don't know a film sure. and you have I don't know a little bitty. Discord channel you can go into and just talk with your friends while the movie's playing. I know there's a lot of people who hate that and they'd rather <laughs> watch a movie where there's not people talking. But for all us people who love talking over movies, being like, "Oh, saw that coming," you know, "I bet was going to happen next is so and so is going to do this. Oh, he better not do that." For all <laughs> those people,
0: there's probably going to be a huge market for that. I'm sure there will be at some point, but that comes into more oh. of like um. When it comes to movies, you don't have the right to to stream a movie with somebody, you know, because then it becomes illegal. But if yeah. if well, that, but if thing. but if a theater yeah, company like, makes an app, Netflix. yeah, if a theater company, and we'll just go with AMC because AMC is a dying breed. But if they come back and they're like, you know what, we're going to invent an app where we'll have a movie playing, but you can log you can log into the movie. With certain amount of people, and you can all watch it at the same time. Doesn't matter if you're in the same house. You can all watch it together, and you can enable voice chat if you want to communicate during the movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or a subscription, um, su- subscription channels. If you're all, sub- uh, all the people who are subscribed can watch, you know, the Unlimited Library, right? Sure. So if you're all members... And you all have the uh, – th- you can all watch the same movie together and you're all subscribed. Mm-hmm. And then if that's the same group that is Amazon and is Twitch and <laughs> uh, Disney and all of those things are all together and they own sure. the movies, you have a subscription. You just have to have that subscription in this, that day and age or else you don't get free shipping. Oh my gosh. And everything you buy is online. <laughs> and you don't get free movies and all the movies well, i mean who has physical dvds you have to get everything online and the only people who have online streaming services is this netflix amazon disney conglomerate you know i have physical movies <laughs> yeah well i mean so do i <laughs> but there's a lot of people out there who don't and the future it's going to get worse
0: mhm i'm
1: eating some chocolate so, I think one of the things is going to speed up this catalyst for everyone, uh, things conglomerating together and um, that, that sort of thing, is there's going to be a world disaster of some
0: kind. What kind of world disaster? Not sure. Um, before we leave the subject, maybe- though, before we leave the subject, I just want to say, uh-huh. movies are already dying. Physical media is already dying. Uh, theater chains are already dying because of COVID. Yeah. Ever since COVID happened, you, and you weren't able to go to a, a theater, <clears throat> they started streaming all their movies online. So like, if you have a Disney subscription, you can watch all the Disney movies that were going to come into theater, but you had to pay a premium price to watch it on Disney. But it's available yeah. on Disney+. Plus. And HBO Max has all the other movies that HBO has a partnership with. So all the movies that were going to come out in theaters are now on HBO Max. And, that, and since that happened, theaters have reopened and you can go. And I have went to a theater a week ago and watched a movie. Guess how many people were in that theater? Two, besides me and my wife. Two other people. And it was nice because normally when we used to go to a theater, you would hear a screaming child, crying baby, or just people talking on their phones, and it was so annoying. And the experience got better with less people. But then again, if that continues to happen and not enough people yeah. go, it's it's going to shut down and it's just going to stay right. online and streaming. And I see that happening. I really do. I see because theaters have been around for a very long time, mm-hmm. very long time. And I think it is time for like a new era of how we view movies and how how just we view uh, general things like, you know, like Netflix and Gaming and streaming and all that. I, th- I think we're all heading into the same direction. I think everything's going to be online now, start going forward. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that really quick before we left the, C- the theater topic. So I don't know if it's a biological
1: thing or not, but I think I think it might be. I think that the, uh, in every single prepper out there in the world, we've got this thing that's been, I don't know, put into us by instinct. That something terrible is just going to come along and wipe the world down to nothing I, I I don't know if that's like a a preservation instinct or something, but i I do think that maybe it's a slightly biological, but mm-hmm. regardless of that, it's been less than a hundred years since the Great Depression. We're coming up on a hundred years, but it's been less than a hundred years mm-hmm. and that was I think the big the big disaster event of um the 20th century Mm. and every every century seems to have something similar to that you know i mean Mm. it's only probability that something disastrous
0: is going to come up at some time some place do you do you think 2030 is going to be that for this current century not necessarily um
1: there could be many many different things that could fill that but, you know, probability is there's so many disasters that could happen. I mean, there's going to be at least one that happens every century, you would think. And I think that in that disaster, whatever it is, mm. that that those are the moments where seizure of power happens. There was, I was reading um, a, a Reddit uh, discussion about um, what's the likelihood that a modern empire could be built. And everybody on it was saying well, you know, it's not going to happen. You just can't have a military conquest. These, these, you can't just go over and storm places. Sure you can. And <laughs> I, I kind of disagree with that. And I think one of the things that people are not thinking of when they think of disa- uh, is uh, disasters create a shift in power. Mm-hmm. And the Great Depression was one of the many things that led rise to World War II. And there was some empires built in World War II, the USSR, you know, mm-hmm. and there was a few others that tried to be built in World War II. Uh, sure. And some people would say that, you know, the American empire was born out of World War II. So I think that, you know, there's a, a massive disaster that will lead right. To um, leave, lead, rise to um, that could lead rise to empire building, and so it doesn't seem very likely. And then you know it doesn't seem likely that um, America will become socialist, right? But I Mm -hmm. think you know these disasters happen, and they what is the saying? Never let a disaster uh, go unexploited, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And think about COVID. How many power grabs and conglomerate um, takeovers have you seen just COVID? How many small businesses shut down while Amazon has humongous increase in sales and that sort of thing? Tons of them. know. The big businesses get bigger and little businesses get squished in disasters. Mm -hmm. And it's the disasters that they say, well, you know what we need to do in order to prevent something like this from ever happening again is we need to make these changes and give up a little personal liberty for a little more security, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's how it all starts. And I'm thinking of other uh, times where nations come and uh, rise up and become powerful empires. And that's when they uh, achieve uh, some sort of an internal unity. I mean, think about America. When was America most united?
0: When was it most united? When was there the least Uh, in the world that you can think of? Can't think of anything right now. I'm sure there is something.
1: Well, think of a time where it's been the
0: least united. (laughs) Uh right now, right now. Think of another time. Uh, I don't know the civil war, the civil war. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to go
1: that far back. Uh, well, i was gonna go back even further. If you think about the times that America's most united, if you think about when it formed, there was the Tories or the Loyalists, and then there was the rebels. Uh uh-huh. the Patriots, depending on who was calling them what. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so when uh, when a country uh, has its chance to become uh, the most powerful it can be it's when there's a good amount of internal unity and everybody's working together and there's less people fighting against each other mm-hmm. um, so uh, if you look at other nations you think of um, say uh, Rome or Genghis Khan or um, Alexander the Great what mm-hmm. is the one thing that all of these people had in common before they were able to do that and that is they built internal Stability first. Well, the first thing Genghis Khan did, he conquered the surrounding tribes and got them all behind one banner. Yep. What's the first thing that Alexander the Great did. He built upon his father's foundation of the unification yep. of Greece. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rome, it was the unification of Italy. Mm-hmm. So, if you're going to build an empire, the first thing you have to do is be completely united. You must defeat your adversaries complete. So, in right. order for America to become, quote-unquote, great again, either the left's got to beat the right or the right's got to beat the left. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Because it, and I don't really quite see that happening. I kind of see America as dividing i that's my pr- one of my predictions for America in the future i kind of said that
0: at i think it's brexit. going to be more divided i
1: believe i think there's going to be it's going to um dissolve there's going to be a few uh political groups that decide to break off and form their own uh, allegiances somewhere else uh, kind of like uh, Brexit not brexit what uh what did they call that when Scotland was voting to leave the uh union the english union and i've said this many times before uh, I, I can't remember I do believe that the American uh, country, uh, USA, is going to break
0: apart because
1: we really don't. don't.
0: (laughs) No, we don't. And I mean, even if you just look at our own state, there's been constant rumors of Texas succeeding from the U.S. (laughs) That's been going on ever since.
1: uh, I mean, the only reason Texas joined the USA is because they needed defense against being invaded by Mexico. Right. Because, I mean, what's the odds Texas itself was going to win a second uh, fight against Mexico? Eh, it wasn't so great. I mean, you're up against Santa Ana. Right. And he's... He was kind of one of those interesting characters that sometimes he was the worst strategi- strategist <laughs> in the world, and sometimes he was really like Napoleon. You know, it depended on what day of the month you were fighting him. Um, so
0: I think we could hold our own right now.
1: Uh, right now, yes, obviously. But I, I don't think that anyone's really going to be trying to do anything militarily. Uh, no, I don't think, think so guys? either.
0: I don't think so either, but. Uh,
1: Not at least unless there's a disaster and some group comes out and they see a chance for um, expansion. So I think three groups that have a lot of potential in the future Mm -hmm. is India, China, and someone in the Middle East. I don't know who.
0: Oh,
1: okay. India is a developing country. And I think it's getting right to the point where it's, I I think it's fairly developed by now. Uh, And I do believe. Yeah, I I think so too, actually. I do think, at least from looking from the outside, that they're fairly united. Uh, When they broke apart from the English uh, colonial and they split into Pakistan, India, um, and and the, uh, um, what do you call them? The Muslims and the the Buddhists? Uh, I don't know. Well, the the main group that um, Gandhi was part of that that whole division. Oh, uh, um,
0: I don't know. I just know that there were monks. I think when they split apart, kind of monks. <laughs>
1: um, when they split apart, a lot of the the Muslims went to Pakistan, and a lot of the Indians. Uh, moved from what would be Pakistan to India, and it was um, quite a tor- 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 tumultuous time, and I don't know if they're quite what, extremely uh, united. I still think there's a lot of division inside, but I do think that if mm-hmm. they can use a lot of their Economic uh, Not economic But um, Production Just raw production power I think that they could Become quite powerful And they are very powerful uh, uh, As a country it's, it's kind of easy For them to go Under the radar Unnoticed Because you have big, Bigger players It seems In the west Sure We all we forget of India Now I, I-, I do think Had the chance to become Not Maybe not a conquering Powerhouse But a, a economic Powerhouse mm-hmm. So uh, I do think That the next Wave of, uh, conquest in the world is not going to be militarily military. It's going to be economic. Mm-hmm. It's going to be groups going about and doing business takeovers. Uh, if you think of um, kind of like the um, the Brits did with the uh, East India Trading Company, I have if you have you ever read about how or studied how uh, the English conquered India? I did not. It, it was not really the English military. It was a private company, the East India Trading Company mm. that conquered. Really? India.
0: Yes. I didn't know that. The,
1: um uh, it, it kind of a, a history I don't know too well, but I think uh, it was, It's a a mixture of soft and hard power where they get a lot of uh, people in a country dependent upon them for a trade and investment. So let's say India becomes an economic powerhouse and then they start investing in developing countries and then those countries then need India uh, to continue trade with them. And they set up um, unfair trading practices in which one company, one group has exclusive trading rights to this. Um, developing country where all the trade has to go through that company that company becomes extremely wealthy has a lot of power in that country and and then it kind of weakens the country that they're developing but it also develops the country and makes it richer so in, in the same way it makes it weaker politically but stronger economically and then you can do a slow kind of military takeover where you come in and intervene in crises and slowly <laughs> annex yeah I have people who think that the age of empires is gone is wrong. (laughs) Empires will always be here. There'll be be people who are like, we're here to help. Let me take all of your stuff. Aren't I helping you so much? You have nothing to worry about anymore. (laughs) Um, uh, China, obviously, I, I don't really think that I need to expound upon that one too much. And China does face some
0: severe um,
1: challenges
0: in becoming uh, I mean we've talked about China before
1: what if you're gonna say you know this group right here they could become an empire but they'll face severe challenges that's that's nothing it's like so and so can climb a mountain but it'll be difficult well duh
0: Yeah, (laughs) I think as far as the the Middle East that you were saying you're just not quite sure who in the Middle East I think Dubai might be a pretty good pretty good start
1: (laughs) well so here's the thing I uh, the Middle East I was looking at developing countries, places that have a lot of energy and they have a lot of people who are very, not, but people who are very ideological, they can, they they will put their ideas above their own personal Mm well-being. And then also a place that there could be a lot of um, power that. Uh, so, for instance, if you look at Africa, there's a lot of people there who will put their ideological beliefs above above their own well-being. But there's not a lot of developed country uh, factories. Sure, sure, uh, I know what you're talking that about. sort of generate power. But if you look at the Middle East, there is a lot of developed areas. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of poorly developed areas. So, yeah. I think if there was going to be an empire built in the Middle East, there's, there's one of three things that could happen in the Middle East. It could become more peaceful. It could stay just the same as it is now, or become less peaceful, obviously. Mm-hmm. So if it becomes more peaceful. It's kind of what people really want for the Middle East. Everybody just becomes a little more mellow. You start <laughs> growing and developing on their own. There's less fighting. People do a little more trading. People come a little more friendly. Okay. It could stay the same. And, uh, well, it, I think a lot of people expect it to, um, not really things getting any better, petty fights going on and on and on and on. Uh, things never really developing because people are too busy burning stuff down uh-huh. or if things get extremely violent, I could see somebody coming out on top. This is the only way I could see somebody having a military empire. And I'm kind of leaning towards Saudi Arabia. Oh, okay. Um, because they do have a powerful military and also they're the least likely country, I think to get backslapped slapped by an outside country and interfering with them. Um, I kind of see if Iran I was to try and start taking over the Middle East, somebody just comes in and just be like, "Nope." You know? Sure.
0: Um, yeah, I could see I mean, Saudi Arabia, but the thing is, there's a lot of powerful people in Dubai. Yes. A lot of is. powerful people in
1: Dubai. And that's why I said, I don't know who it would be, but I think if there was to be a complete, uh, in the future, a uh-huh. powerhouse coming out of nowhere, the underdog, nobody seeing where it's coming from, I'm thinking it could be the Middle East and it could be really anybody. Because if right. you look at the military greats of the past, a lot of them come from little countries that nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> And they're little nobodies that nobody even knew about. Right. But they, they take over one thing. They get their little bitty internal unity going. They get their band together. They And then they just take off. And they take one place and another place and another place and another place. And then they have that Genghis Khan um, two halves to them. The side that's just completely militaristic and will take down anybody. And then the other half of them, which comes in and allows for a lot of freedom and a lot of chance for people people to make, um, a new beginning in their life. And (laughs) you're
0: going to say it's a chance to marry 20 wives. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, the, the might. hey it might be that as well uh, What, whatever is you know but if you think about Genghis Khan he really didn't upset places too awfully much like he would conquer them and then he'd set them up in a way that he, they would gain loyalty from the places that he conquered and it would gain um, and he would allow things to thrive under his um, rule so if mm-hmm. somebody had both of those halves I mean when was the last time that somebody in the Middle East you think uh, a regular civilian in the Middle East felt like they had a chance to really make things good for them and their family, and things be stable.
0: Are you asking me when when that's ever happened?
1: Yeah, no, I have, no. no. I'm talking about like right now. Oh, who right in the now. East do you think has that feeling of like stability and a better future for their f- uh, descendants? Like, who who do you think has that? Probably not a lot of people, right?
0: I would say if anyone right now, currently, maybe Israel. Uh-huh. So you
1: would you say there's a lot of people who don't have that? Yep. So if you have an, a, a warlord coming along and he's like hey i will make things right for the first time in a long time there's a lot of people who could really get behind that
0: oh i'm sure i'm so sure
1: if there's somebody who can get like a good middle uh middle eastern uh unity going uh, a little bit of prosperity going mm-hmm. i think they could they could make themselves a new uh, ottoman empire
0: i think you're very right on that
1: Uh, I don't really think a lot's going to come out of South America, except Brazil, maybe. I think Brazil maybe has a chance. I don't think think South America would be a big... I'm saying like in the 100 years.
0: Not like being coming in... In 100 years? I don't think even in 100 years...
1: Oh, okay. What I'm saying is like big changes. I don't see a lot of big changes happening in Western Europe. I see a lot of big changing happening in Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. I don't really see, see I'm just doing a whole geographical, what, what I see happening in the future. Sure. And so that's Europe. I really don't see a lot happening there. I really don't see a whole lot happening with uh, Africa, except a lot of people probably taking advantage of Africa. Um, uh, South America, I kind of see um, maybe Brazil slowly getting a little bit more um, modernized. I guess they're fairly modernized as it is. Um, maybe a few. Uh, Argentina doesn't seem to have a I don't know. Argentina does have the issue with I think it's a little bit less climate um, tolerable down there. Mm. I don't think that they have quite as much um, farming. I actually don't know a whole lot about South America. (laughs) Uh, I don't Now, The one that I don't have a good prediction on would be the Orient. I do believe that the Orient powerful stuff will always be there. There will always be at least one or two powerful countries in the Orient.
0: Mm -hmm. I think so too. uh,
1: China, I think is one of those, they're at a make or break moment. Either they're not going to do well and they're just going to be on a complete Um, decline from now on or they're really going to get in gear and probably become a world power. I can't see them doing anything else you know? Mm -hmm. Either China's going to be the future or China's going to fall apart one of the two Um, I don't see North Korea doing a whole lot. I don't either Uh, The Philippines and and China, not China, Japan um, Well, I don't think too much is going to
0: change for them
1: no, but I, I don't think they're going to become exceedingly weak
0: countries. No, I don't. I don't think that either. I just don't. Th- I don't uh, see them becoming massive.
1: And then when it comes to North America, Canada is going to be Canada. They've always been.
0: And I think oh yeah. that, uh,
1: it's going to uh, it's going to kind of break apart. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, that's pretty much my my guess for the next 50 to 100 years nice. in the world. Nice. And I think that the corporations are going to become inter inter um, national, uh-huh. more international than they already are, and they're going to be a lot of the true powers in, in this century. They're going to be multinational companies that own literally everything and probably will <laughs> own
0: nations nice well i want to end the podcast in just a few minutes so if there's anything else you want to say
1: uh watch out for any sort of disaster that happens because it's always after a disaster or on the heels of a disaster that somebody like let me help you let me take all your stuff and in return i will make life better for you i promise
0: never take that deal
1: uh, <laughs> see, blah, 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 blah. uh what else so if I had, for closing words, mm-hmm. a house against itself cannot stand. That's a famous quote from Abraham Lincoln. And I think it actually originates from the Bible. Anyway, I think that, that that still goes true. That's going to be the future. Whoever gets united is going to be the powerhouses, uh, internal power, mm-hmm. uh, internal unity. uh. <sighs> And the the smart businesses, the the wise businessmen, the shrewd fellas, are gonna take everything. <laughs> the wise will take it all. That is my prophecy.
0: Nostra, Conrad. Well, not not quite not quite a bleak future, but not a great one either. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh dear. Well, uh, thankfully, I will not be alive enough, long enough to, uh, to see the twenty second century. So, yay.
1: Unless they create a little robot thingy where I can put your brain in a jar.
0: Yeah, unless you can bring me back isekai anime style somehow. (laughs)
1: I'm thinking that what I'll do is I'll get that little bitty homemade machine where you grow your own meat and I'll grow a dog, but I'll put your brain on it. And then like, I'll have you follow me around like a little bitty puppy. How's that? Can, (laughs) can I still talk like a, like
0: a human? Yeah. Oh, that's
1: awesome. (laughs) I don't know. And and then I'll be like some sort of an assistant for a mad scientist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and, and me and you will be his, uh, his, uh, what do you call them? His, uh,
0: sidekick comedian group. <laughs> mm, yes. Oh dear! Well, it'll be an interesting future. That one, indeed. Well, thank you everybody for listening to Bizarre Conspiracies. I hope you had fun today on our general discussion about 22nd century. <laughs> Conrad took it a little in a completely different direction than I than I was thinking. <laughs> I just wanted to know if we were going to have flying cars, and, I, and the answer is yeah, it's going to be no.
1: Cars, <laughs> I believe that flying cars will never happen. Space exploration yeah. is a dead end unless somebody builds a space elevator. <laughs>
0: Uh, when you know Elon Musk is space,
1: ele- if if somebody builds a space elevator, they own the world. Give up, they 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 own everything.
0: Right. Well, you know Elon Musk is really trying his 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 best here to colonize Mars and to get get people to live in space. If he
1: don't got a space elevator, it ain't gonna happen.
0: I, th- I, I think he can make it. If anyone can make that, Elon Musk and Google. The elevator is powered by Google. <laughs>
1: Uh, can you imagine that in order to go up the elevator to space, you have to watch an ad the whole way you're sitting in this elevator and there's a little thing in the corner.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then like halfway through your trip and the ad comes on and stops the elevator from moving and you have to watch the, <laughs> to continue.
1: Uh, you have to do like a little questionnaire.
0: Yeah. Like when you're watching a YouTube video and it just stops what you're watching. So <laughs> you watch the ad or whatever. <laughs> That would be terrible.
1: And and in order to use the elevator, you have to go through like this whole um, disclosure agreement thingy where you, you tell um, Google exactly how you're going to be, what you're doing in space.
0: Mm-hmm. It'd be terrible.
1: So that way, you know, they can keep them for quality assurance purposes. We would like to record your entire document in space, what you're going to eat. What you, where you're going to go, what you're going to see, what your purpose is, what your future is, uh, how much money you have, your demographic, all that other personal information, so we can improve the <laughs> quality <laughs> of our space transpla- uh, uh, our uh, space transportation services. We promise not to tell this information to anyone. Click here sure. if you have sure. read and agreed to our service uh, agreement. <laughs> the
0: terms of service. Sounds more like Apple.
1: Everybody's got terms of service. Yeah, People but, likes but to
0: hide theirs. Apple has the best memes for terms of service. <laughs> but anyway, thank you all for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you in the next episode.